Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! Hey, everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two fictional worlds, mm-hmm. two fandoms, yep. um, cross them over, like, you yeah. know, that um, house and the steeple that you make with your hands? Or oh, yeah, but where are the people? The They're right inside. Oh, my goodness. They're all inside what? this crossover. Oh, you've turned your hands over, and it's just, it's just full of people. It's very distressing, actually. It is. They can't get out. No, they it's have- like that Spanish movie um, about people who go to a party, and then they can't leave. It's a, uh, it's like a, a fifty-one fam- days of sallow. I don't know. No, it's it's a famous Spanish cinema film. Oh, man, I don't know. It's like surrealist for these rich people all go to a party and they literally cannot leave. For Mask days. of the Red Death. No, no, man. I'll just, Google it. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of grim party movies out there in the world. Party jams, if you will. Um, um, that that good sweet party jam. Yeah, the, jo- the exterminating angel. Oh man, I don't know that one at all. It's like a, a it's a surrealist film. It was in response to I think also the Spanish Civil War. All right, great. So yeah. we're, this is a perfect segue. Exactly from um, last week's episode. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Annie, why don't you uh, let our audience know just how perfect that segue was by <laughs> yeah. saying what we're going to talk about today? Um, so we don't have any Spanish cinema here today, but no. we do have. The Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. That's a subtitle. That's a subtitle. Mm-hmm. And Sherlock Holmes. Consulting Detective. Yes. Also a subtitle. Because, yeah. Um, so, yeah. We got a bunch of owls. We have an owl-like individual. Yes. I feel like a, a guy who would be played by an owl. That's true. In an animal-themed um, movie. Yeah. And um, owls who have to solve mysteries. It's true. And humans who have to solve mysteries. Yeah. About things that they're guarding, um, I suppose. All of the owls have accents Ooh, that are not American. Right. Because it's I mean, high fantasy. You have to have an well, accent. Well, I think it's also was partly a an Australian film. And, oh, that would um, do it, too. I'm not sure if the original book series is set in Australia. But okay. it's definitely... There's I, Australian influence. It's 100% like Australian in the legend, legend of the Guardians. Excellent. Um, and yeah, I'm sure Holmes went to Australia at some point. Right? You gotta. I mean... It's in it's, Sun Never Sets on Sherlock Holmes's detective consulting. Yeah. I've gotten off track. Annie, talk to me about owls. Um, so we're just going to call it the... I'll probably call it the, the Guardians of Gahul because that's the book name. Or as you call it, the Owl Movie. The Owl Movie. As it's known around these parts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul is a two, uh, 2010 animated animal adventure movie based on the Guardians of Gahul series by Catherine Lasky, which I actually haven't read. Um, I'm sure I would enjoy them very much. I think you probably would. Yeah. It seems squarely in your wheelhouse. Oh, exactly. But so we're just talking about the movie. Um, 
the movie itself was directed by Zack Snyder in literally the only worthwhile thing he's ever done. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is probably the first and last time we will ever talk about a Zack Snyder product on this podcast. I actually, I don't know. No, I guess I saw whatever that movie was that he did with all the... Watchmen? Yeah. Yeah. You you really did. You, yeah. You read all of Watchmen in a day because I told you you had to. Yeah. And then we went to the midnight showing of Watchmen and I've never, like felt more guilty about anything in my life yeah. than making you do that. I mean, it's, you know, like in um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, mm-hmm. where the end, he's like, oh my God, you haven't seen Fight Club? You yeah. totally have to watch Fight Club. That was your moment. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. It was like, a, it was a scales falling from the eyes moment where I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Maybe my media doesn't need to be everybody's media. Thank you. But it was also a crushingly disappointing. Oh, it was not a great adaptation no. of a thing that people enjoy but it's probably not the greatest thing of all time no whereas the owl movie is the greatest <laughs> thing of all time you heard it like, here first folks. literally Zack snyder i don't know why you waste your time with anything else except for owl movies yeah and he's going to the mat for this one um the film got like middling reviews from critics but it took in 140 million on an 80 million dollar budget so like it didn't fail yeah um also it's a movie i love so the critics are wrong absolutely it's not for them no it's for us (laughs) we want to see owls we who love owls um you obviously love owls (laughs) (laughs) yolo um so the story follows soren a young barn owl who lives with his family and loves hearing stories of the guardians the legendary owls of kahul who fight against the pure ones aka nazi owls now annie You'll have to forgive me because the only time I've actually watched this movie is when you made me watch the movie on our honeymoon. <laughs> yep. It was on TV. Um, this is not set in like real world. This is not no. Secret Life of Owls. No. So that's the thing. It's, it's, I like, mean, Red Wall. it's like Red Wall. Yeah, exactly. It's like humans could be out there, but there's no discussion of them. There's no sign of them. This mm. is very much focused on this owl world it's like cars where the subtext is that they have murdered all the humans (laughs) this is a post-human world exactly (laughs) um soren's brother clud thinks he's a dork for liking the guardian stories and is jealous of soren's flying talent Uh, the two get into a fight and end up getting caught by the pure ones who are kidnapping young owls and bringing them to work for or fight in their racist not owl nazi army it's not good no, it's real not good. And they're also building a huge machine to destroy the Guardians. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right? They're not good peeps. So they're saying the Guardians aren't real, but they're also they're like, we're they're not real, well, but also we're building a big machine to destroy them, just in case. Well, I think it's like they're we're building a machine to like crush everything yeah. and like take over the world. It's like it's like here, here, child, the boogeyman's not real. But take this shotgun just in case. Yeah, right. He could come at any moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Soren meets Gilfie, another young owl who's been kidnapped. Uh, they work as pickers while Clud gets drafted into the racist owl army. Soren and Gilfie find another owl, Grimble, who teaches them to fly and helps them escape to find the guardians. They don't know how to fly? No, because they're little. Oh, they okay. have a hard time. They're Got kids. It. Yeah. Um, Soren and Gilfie meet other owls, Digger and Twilight, who join them on their journey to the guardians. They manage to find the Guardians at the Tree of Gahul, where they warn the Guardians of the Pure One's rise and where they learn to fight like a Guardian. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the Guardians fly off to fight the Pure Ones, but it's a trap. Oh, no. Um, because one of the Guardians betrayed them. Oh, guard. that's I not know. how you guard things. I know, right? You don't guard things by betraying no. them. No. Um, and that Guardian is actually played by Sam Neill. Oh, they should have seen it coming. 
Really? No. No, they shouldn't have. He's yeah. so pure. I know, right? Oh, Samuel's Twitter feed. The best thing on oh, the internet, yeah, by the way. Yeah, 100%. He talks about pigs that he's farming. Right. Then I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, of course you're in the owl movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so Soren um, and his crew um, managed to free the Guardians and fight the Pure Ones, including a Soren versus Clud fight. Um, Soren and the Garden- Guardians managed to kill the Pure Ones male leader, Metalbeak, and fight off the rest. Um, so Soren and his friends return to the tree along with the rest of Soren's family. There's a hint that the pure ones are still out there and maybe Clud survived the fight, but there's not going to really be a sequel to this movie. So, you know, that's kind of the end of things. Yeah. You know, we're just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, evil is always out there. Exactly. It'll pop up like 50 years later as the, the, the reboot. Alt, alt, I'll write or something. Oh no. Um, I mean, if it's still out there. Yeah. But then we'll fight it. That's true. We'll keep fighting it. Um, man, if you're a parent, and you want one of your one of your kids to be good and one of your kids to be evil. There are no two better names right. than Soren and Clud. Hey, Clud. Hey, Clud. What are you doing? Right? We, ran, like, we ran out of syllables when you came that was along. It. <laughs> and Clud, I think, is the older one. So, oh, like, yeah. what was that? Like the practice pancake? They were warming up. Yeah. They were like, man, we really whiffed on that one. Yeah. Because then their little sister is Eglantine, and she got all the syllables. Oh, so, that, so maybe it's like one syllable, two syllable, three syllables. Yeah. Like you have to keep building up. Oh, maybe. But like, you could have been Klaus or something. That's at least like yeah. close and not Clud. Not Clud. <laughs> they did not have high hopes for Clud. No. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so characters, we have Soren, an, an earnest young barn owl who wants to be a hero. Gilfie, a sensible young elf owl who doesn't put up with bullying. Digger, a funny little burrowing owl. Twilight, a great gray owl who thinks himself as a poet slash bard. Clud, Soren's brother who's the worst. Eglantine, Soren's fuzzy, fuzzy little sister who's the best. Fuzzy she is sister. 100% the cutest owl in this movie. Ooh, and that's saying a lot. There's, um, as, as real... It's really, I can't remember how you say that, but it's Lies of Keel, who is the legendary guardian slash grump factory. Oh, grumper. Um, there's some Metal Beak and Naira, who are the leaders of the Pure Ones. Um, Gimbal, who's working with the Pure Ones, but helps Soren and Gilfie learn to fly and escape. Um, Alamir, who is the guardian who's secretly working with the Pure Ones, played by you, Sam, Sam Neill. How could you? Um, Noctis and Morella, who are Soren's parents. Um, and they are played by um, Hugo Weaving and Essie Davis, Aww, which that's I a love. Cute couple. Yeah, um, Mrs. P, who's a snake, and she's a nanny for Soren and his siblings. That doesn't seem like a good idea. I know, right? But then I was like, wait, is that is that like a um, a symbiotic relationship? I don't think that's how snakes work. Oh, I don't know if that's like an <laughs> owl thing. I'm pretty sure that if you put a snake in an owl nest. It's Someone's not going to take die. care of the, the babies. No. <laughs> um, but she is played by Miriam Margulies. I think that's how you say her name, who is Professor Sprout in the Harry Potter series. Oh, okay. And she's done a bunch of other things. Um, and. All right. So. Yeah, like, I love her. So. She's All right. Great. She's allowed to stay. Yeah. Um, we And then the Echidna, who's kind of a psychic and helps Soren and his crew fly to the Tree of Kahul. Oh. And, like, I just love that it's, like, we need a, a real Australian yeah, animal what's a to weird show animal. up. Yeah. We need that weird animal. Exactly. That does, but a weird animal that's not going to kill everybody. Exactly. Which is hard to find in Australia. Right? Um, so, yeah. We've got lots of fun uh, characters here. And, um, again, like, lots of fun owl types. Mm-hmm. So if you love owls, you're going to see a lot of them in, a lot of, in this movie. A lot of varietals. A lot of varieties. 
Mm-hmm. Um, for themes, uh, fly with your gizzard slash listen to your heart is a big one here. Okay. Soren is like a better flyer and fighter when he stops like worrying about what he's doing and just trusts himself. Which is where the gizzard lives. It's right in the gizzard. Right there. Right in right. the trust center. Pow, boom, right in the gizzard. Um, and this leads to some great slow motion shots that should be the cover of a Trapper Keeper mm, of him yeah. like flying through the air in slow motion. <laughs> be one rain. of the Trapper Keepers that like you you move the cover and it's a holographic yeah, image. Yeah, exactly. Um, racism is bad is another one. Um, right, there's solid. N- there are no pure ones, and all sorts of owls are awesome. So screw racism. Heck yeah, we need all the owls. All the owls, every last one of exactly. them. Exactly. You saw a live owl demonstration at the Waltham Public Library. I did. I went to see it, and um, it was generally for children. Mm-hmm. So I stood in the back with the parents, uh-huh. and it was just as delightful for yeah. adults. Absolutely. Yeah, and I got to learn a lot about owls, mm-hmm. and um, they had some live owls there, and it was great. Yeah, everybody, I would imagine so. Everybody learned things. I'm kind of jealous I missed it, honestly. I know, right? Um, and the final theme, uh, teamwork makes the dream work. Classic. Such a classic. And who do you want on your team but uh, a bunch of owls? Yeah, they can turn their head around 360 degrees. They can. They can see a mouse running underneath the snow mm-hmm. and dive for it. So yeah, that's who you want as backup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, things I like and think other people will like. Um, It's a movie about adorable owls. Like, seriously, it's 96 minutes of beautiful, fuzzy owl cuteness and adventure. This does seem to be the primary Annie Seals pitch for this Right? Like, <laughs> I don't know what else you want from a movie. <laughs> what, like, I don't know why this didn't win all the awards. Mm-hmm. Fair, um, fair. Another thing, the voice cast is great and includes Helen Mirren, Sam Neill, Hugo Weaving, and Essie Davis as owls. <laughs> <laughs> just to just to reiterate yeah this is no, a film about they're owls. not just a bunch of human actors oh no they're playing owls if you thought you liked them with two legs and no wings wait till you see them with <laughs> two, also two legs but this time wings. And also wings instead of arms and two legs with talons on them that can crimp right? all the way around as like, fa- yeah as far as i know sam neill does not have talons i mean i guess we've never seen him without his shoes on no we did when he wasn't he um, massaging his pig Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's not a euphemism. Just need to state for the yeah. record. This is a family podcast, yeah. not a euphemism. Yep. <laughs> um, and finally, it's animated like it was meant to be on a Trapper Keeper, which mm-hmm. I consider a huge bonus. And yeah. again, literally the only thing snacks- Zack Snyder can do well. Snack Snyder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the unevil twin. Hi, guys. I'm Snack Zider. Are you cool enough to handle owls? I like the idea of Snack Zider running like a convenience store. Oh, oh yeah. No, the years have not been kind to Snack Zider. He absolutely peaked in high school 100%. He still dresses like the leader of the Burger King Kids Club. Yep. Um, rides in on yeah. on his skateboard to work. And- yeah, it's not as impressive anymore. Uh, he's, he's, I'm Snack Zider. Sorry I'm late. My sciatica was acting <laughs> oh, up. No. How are you doing, fellow kids? Yeah, greetings, fellow kids. <laughs> oh, man, Snack Zider. <laughs> yeah. Somebody give the camera to him. I bet he'd do a great Justice League. <laughs> yeah, right? It's. I mean, it can't be any worse. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's really unfortunately true. <laughs> Um, so while we're talking about i was gonna say snack snyder is just zach snyder with a backwards baseball cap on but zach snyder is zach snyder with a backwards baseball cap on 
Snack Zider. What if what if they actually meant to be flipped and Snack Zider is actually a great filmmaker, oh, but yeah. he's caught in the convenience store? It's true. You get, you get into that convenience store life, that 7-Eleven yeah. life, you, can't, yeah, you, you can't, don't get out. Yeah, you think you're out and then they pull you back in no, absolutely. with the, um, the red vines. That's how they pull you. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just shove you in the frosting in the the slurpee machine. Wow! Oh my god! It's very violent. That's how they make slurpees. Like snack cider is the... had a rough go of it. <laughs> snack cider. <laughs> Again, much like Clud, what is it in name? <laughs> Destiny. That's what. Oh man! Hey, you know what? I'd love to see Snack Cider adapt into a film. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes. I bet he'd do a great job. That's true. Okay, wait, so what snack food would Sherlock Holmes eat if if Snack Cider were making an adaptation of Combos. Oh, wow. That yeah. was real fast. Why do you say that? Well, Sherlock Holmes does a lot of drugs. I see. And I feel like those are a good munchy snack. True. And, like, also you yeah. can really only but get I, them at a, at a convenience store. Like, when have you seen a combo in the wild? Like on a tree. <laughs> yeah, you know, or frolicking in a field. No, yeah. uh-uh. There are no free-range combos. I guess, I don't know. I think of combos not as like a I'm doing cocaine snack, much like Sherlock Holmes was doing. I'm thinking specifically of the cheese combos, which I don't know that you've ever interfaced with. No. Uh, yeah. It's gross as you can imagine. It's that. They're still but... somehow compelling and delicious. I don't know. I think I was going to go with something more like like the weird Doritos flavors. Mm, yeah. I mean, Snack Cider drinks Mountain Dew. <laughs> we can absolutely Actually, agree on that. I think there is Sherlock no Holmes drinks Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah. I that's think that's his it. new thing. Yeah. Oh, Sherlock. Times have been, times have been rough on everybody. Yes. Snack Cider's Sherlock Holmes movie is very contemplative, very sad. Uh, it's really... He really pulls back the the lens and just lets you see the true, just grotesquerie of Sherlock's of, of life. Detective consulting work. Yeah, yeah, and then like Sherlock almost spends most of the movie talking about how much he wishes he didn't work at a convenience store, yes. and it seems like a non sequitur. Actually, but... I would watch a movie that's like a Sherlock Holmes adaptation set at a convenience store. Get me snack cider on the phone. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, let's talk about before we talk about why that's a great idea. Let's talk about why the original is great as well. Um, Sherlock Holmes is a character created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle in 1887, but he's pretty obscure, so you've probably never heard of him before. Um, that's what we endeavor to do on this podcast, is introduce you to the uh, the marginalia of pop culture. Except for the Owl movie, Except which you all movie, have seen and loved. everyone knows and loves. Um, fun fact, Holmes, as well as a lot of early great detective figures, was inspired by an Edgar Allan Poe character, uh, C. Auguste Dupin, whose adventures laid the groundwork for detective fiction as we now know it. But we're not going to talk about Poe anymore. Let's talk about Holmes, because there's a lot to talk about. Um, and at the same time, not a lot to talk about, because it's actually very simple even elementary wait what huh yeah huh? no it's because it's, it's it's elementary my dear annie uh-huh huh Basic synopsis. Yep. The facts are these. Uh, Sherlock Holmes is a freelance consulting detective who works out of 221B Baker Street in London, where he... Gig economy, am I right? It's true. <laughs> Hashtag gig economy. He also uh, delivers for Grubhub. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. 
<laughs> from the convenience store. Right. Um, he lives at 221B Baker Street with his friend and associate, the physician, Dr. Watson. Um, Watson is rather enamored of Holmes and his smarts and also, I guess, pretty bored because he starts a side hustle of writing down some of Holmes's more notable adventures and publishing them. So the conceit of the short stories is you are reading Watson's take on the stories. Um the first Holmes edition is the collection of short stories, A Study in Scarlet, which is great and super fun. Um, Holmes and Watson get into all sorts of trouble, which usually follows um, a simple pattern, which is someone approaches Holmes with a strange or seemingly coincidental occurrence that they're wondering about, often involving a missing person or a like puzzling missive that they've gotten. Um, Holmes deduces a larger plot underpinning it. Watson is an idiot and has to have stuff explained to him constantly by Holmes, and together they unravel the mystery, which is typically a widely complicated criminal plot of some sort or another. Um, almost all the stories are narrated by Watson, who is just as amazed by Holmes as everybody else, if not more so. Um, and that's kind of it. Yeah. That's sort of the recipe for a Sherlock Holmes that story. Sounds, that sounds tasty. Mmm, delicious. Much like a, a combo. A combo, <laughs> yeah. Know. Except, yeah, Watson is totally the cheese filling of the yeah. combo. It's it's not necessary and sometimes detracts. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, that's actually not true, uh, as we'll see in a moment. So the characters of Sherlock Holmes, um, there's Sherlock Holmes. He is great at deduction, humor, disguises, judo, pistols, forensic science, espionage, botany, astronomy, geology, chemistry, anatomy, violin, swordplay, philosophy, and has a categorical and thorough knowledge of, quote, sensational literature. Um, any dude who has ever accused a female character of being a Mary Sue, but also uh, extolled the virtues of Sherlock Holmes, can just shut it right now. Yeah. Like, he's that. <laughs> I get, like, going off on a tangent here. No, totally. I tend to think of the Mary Sue, like, obviously it's a very sexist thing and mm -hmm. really targeted as, as targeted at teenage girls who are writing fanfic. Mm -hmm. But um, I also think that you can't necessarily call an original character a Mary Sue. Mm, because, interesting. See, I think it's like, like you know, for Sherlock Holmes or Batman mm -hmm. or Harry Potter or Katniss or whatever, um, it, like they're occupying their own world where I see that Mary Sue is like trying to fit into someone else's world and, oh, do, it, and do everything better than the original. So like... So it's really, it's specific to self-insert. Yeah, exactly. See, that's the way I read it, and I don't necessarily think it's the way other people read it. Mm -hmm. Where so I can see, like Buffy, not as a Mary Sue, even though she's oh, yeah. like you know really powerful and beautiful and makes quippy remarks and mm -hmm. saves everybody. Um, but then if you put someone, if you're writing a fanfic and you put a character in there who's better than Buffy, then it's a Mary Sue. Oh yeah, so yeah, it's like the one-upsmanship. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like someone's coming to your party wearing a better outfit than you. Mm -hmm. Whereas, yeah, I think I always understood Mary Sue as being more about um, uninhibited greatness. In yeah. General. Oh, yeah. The idea that, like, you're great at everything and you're and, and if you have a flaw, it's like, I'm clumsy. Yeah. Or it's, it's something or it's, that doesn't. I, I'm too smart. Right. It doesn't actually get in the way of anything. Yeah. Um, which I feel like uh, and I think one of the things we'll talk about a little later with Holmes is I don't actually think of Holmes as a classic like what you what people would talk about as a Mary yeah. Sue because I think Doyle hints at a lot of dysfunction underneath um it's I think Doyle is always very aware and very smart of the fact that we're seeing Holmes through Watson's eyes yeah and I think that's something that a lot of Holmes adaptations can fall into a trap of mm. of making Holmes too great yeah or too 
everything. Yeah. Whereas he has some serious blind spots. Um, and I think Doyle, despite steering into that and like making a lot of money off of it, oh, obviously, yeah. I think acknowledges and, and, and understands the downside of Holmes as a character. But he's also just like ridiculously amazing at everything. And, and it helps if you're like, well, I need to solve these mysteries. Mm-hmm. And if the clue is going to be something about, you like, know, swordplay or anatomy. Right, or botany. Like, yeah. like it's whatever weird thing Doyle needed to fuel the mystery plot. Right. You could have Holmes as a smartest man in the room character. Right. And he like he's he's the hero, so he has to solve the crime. Exactly. Um, there's John Watson, um, Holmes's best friend. He is great at being an absolute cipher and foil for Sherlock Holmes. Um, um, Watson is a talented physician in his own right. He's pretty good at fighting. Um, he, he's muscle for Sherlock sometimes. Um, but yeah, he's mostly there to be a foil. Like classic example, it's like Horatio to Hamlet. He's there to ask questions and get things explained to him. But even then, I think Doyle has a lot of fun with like, Sherlock wants Watson to be smarter, and but also has a kind of paternalistic vibe to it. Mm. And I think, again, Watson is also able to identify cracks in Holmes's facade, even while extolling him. Um, there's Professor Moriarty, Holmes's arch enemy, a criminal mastermind known as the Napoleon of crime. Um, he was introduced mainly so that Doyle had a narratively justified way of killing Holmes. He's only in like two stories in the original run hmm. um, because it was really just Doyle getting sick of writing this character that was so wildly popular. And so he needed something for Holmes to push up against. So he introduced this like arch nemesis character. Um, and then uh, they both fall off Reichenbach Falls together. It didn't really work because then he had to bring Holmes back because everybody wanted him to bring Holmes back. Right. And I mean, this is your moneymaker kid. Exactly. Shake it. At a certain point, just steer into the skid, buddy. Um, there's Lestrade. Uh, he is a Scotland Yard inspector who has a grudging admiration, but also general animosity towards Holmes. Um, he's also kind of dumb. He pops up a lot when the story needs someone for Watson to explain things to, <laughs> uh, like somebody to be one step behind both Holmes and Watson. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, uh, then there's Mycroft Holmes. He's Holmes's older brother who is described as having possibly even greater deductive reasoning skills than Sherlock, but not being as successful a detective, mostly because he's lazy. He doesn't doesn't feel like doing the legwork to complete things. Um, he works in British government, and Doyle kind of drops a lot of sly hints throughout the books at the idea. Though I think Holmes says that he like reads paperwork for the government, but there are there's enough references that if you get really into the weeds on it, you can tell that Mycroft has some high level mm-hmm. job in government. And I think there's even a point where Holmes basically says like occasionally he is the British government. Oh, so man. like, you know, this idea that there's a man on the inside. Uh, and then there's Irene Adler. Um, she is one of the only people to have ever truly bested Holmes, which is kind of awesome because in general, Holmes is seriously down on women. It's one of the aspects of the character that I don't think is aged particularly well, even though I think Doyle meant it to be a problem again okay. like the idea i mean he did and he didn't he sort of had wanted his cake and wanted to have his cake and eat yeah. it too like irene adler uh gets to be one step ahead of holmes but it's also in a story all about and there's also so many stories where holmes like you know talks neurotic women off of mm. ledges or like 
you know, it's like she's she's the exception that proves exactly, the role. exactly. Uh, he refers to Irene as the woman, like he doesn't say her name. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's this idea that like women in general are very irrational, uh, but Irene Adler is something different. Um, she's an American actress and socialite who is way better than all of the dudes she gets entangled with. And then there's the Baker Street Irregulars. Um, they're urchins. Everybody loves urchins. Um, they're basically like street a network of street people that Holmes taps to get information from. Um, that's pretty much it for the recurring cast of characters. And a lot of these characters, again, other than Holmes and Watson only pop up in like a couple stories at most, but they are developed out and talked about in a way that takes hold on the imagination. And so you fill in a lot of gaps around them, um, in these stories, um, themes and fun stuff. I mean, play along puzzles. Doyle is a master at constructing detective stories that you follow along with, and you always feel like you might be able to solve them, but you never quite do before Holmes does. Um, Doyle's just a master at keeping Holmes one step ahead of everyone and keeps the tone of the stories light and breezy enough that you really forgive the occasional like ridiculous plot contrivance or overreach or stupid conspiracy or whatever. Like it's fun. I think the book, the stories know they're having fun. Um, and, and it's uh, like, it's a procedural. Yeah, exactly. It's, it is like the NCIS of its day, yeah. including that scene in NCIS where they try to both type on a computer to stop a hacker. Um, have you seen this? No. Oh, it's amazing. Just look up NCIS hacking, and it is exactly like what a 70-year-old writer thinks the internet uh -huh. is in 1998 or 2000 or whatever. It's just great. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Oh, it's, it's the best. Um, deathless characters. Doyle tried to kill Sherlock. Like I said, it didn't take. He had really struck on this formula that the public was addicted to. So when you do that, you're not allowed to let your protagonist die. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And um, also, dude, you're making money. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, people got addicted to this like Holmes is addicted to, to cocaine. Uh, and, you know, it, I think it bothered him. But again, there's something so indelible about Holmes. And I think he does do a good job over the course of the stories of giving a sense of evolution. Like Watson and Holmes live together at first, but then they uh, then Watson gets married and like his wife pops up and he has to like you know, he sees Holmes less regularly and Holmes kind of falls apart a little bit and like gets shabbier and does more coke. And like, so there's all of these running ideas of development of the world, even while um, things mostly stay the same. So again, it's serialized drama. Um, and then I really think the biggest thing about Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes is fan fiction potential. Um, I think this is the reason that Sherlock has endured so much in pop culture and the, that he, besides the fact that he's now in public domain, so anybody yeah. can do whatever they want with him. But Doyle didn't really make a character or a group of characters as much as he made a mythos. Um, all of these characters weave in and out of the stories, but they're kept vague or directly contradictory enough from moment to moment and story to story that they make for great plot devices and hint at oceans of depth underneath. So they're so rife for like imagination and you'd be like, oh, I wonder what Lestrade's deal actually is. Yeah. Or like, what was Mycroft and Holmes's childhood like? Like yeah. you, you can, it comes tailor made with like a writer's room's Bible worth of potential stories and inner and, and adaptations. Yeah. And, and it's simple enough that, you know, the baseline can be written while you flesh out all the other fun stuff. So that's all been fueling new spins and approaches uh, and spinoffs ever since. Uh, and it's really it's really cool. Nice. So, yeah. So thematically crossing over. Um, maybe some deathless characters considering oh. the end of um, Legend of the Guardians 
ends with maybe Claude's still alive and oh, the yeah. pure ones are out yeah, there. Yeah, the eternal struggles. Yeah, it's like you're never going to stop fighting your evil foes. Mm-hmm. Overly complicated plans. Yeah. Um, the main characters being just real good at things. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Chosen one narrative. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like young Sherlock Holmes in this maybe. Like, yeah. Like, Where like... Soren is more earnest mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. less less of a an obnoxious person yeah is he more of a sherlock or a watson definitely more of a watson yeah but like this is like an incredibly limited version of the sex in the city game yeah right (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i think like you know i don't actually think that sherlock is a teamwork makes the dream work Kind of a uh, kind of property. No, uh, Sherlock is a Sherlock single makes person. the dream. Yeah, work. and the dream is in his memory palace, yes. and it is lucid, and he knows exactly what he, is happening at all times. Exactly. <laughs> there is no dreaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that we can move straight to the practical crossover. Yeah. How does this happen? Um. So I'm going to say Sherlock and Watson are you know maybe on vacation oh. in Australia. Sure. Boys um, trip. Yeah, like dudes about town. Mm-hmm. Uh, gonna go check out the penal colony yeah, right <laughs> might as well let's go see um and obviously um sherlock holmes is an expert in ornithology oh yeah so he wants to check out the birds of australia can i edit slightly yeah i don't think watson and holmes go on vacation i think they get called in Oh yeah, they okay. go consulting yeah so like what is the what is the draw they get called like there's something weird with these owls going um, on um Maybe they, maybe, well, maybe it's not, there's something weird with the owls. Maybe it's that, um, cause you know, we had discussed that the, the Guardians movie is like in a world apart from humans. Uh-huh. Maybe that's not the case. Oh no, And I, the yeah. owls have been shooting people with their, their like magical weapon. Oh yeah. And, so but they, like, but they don't, but people don't think it's owls. They're just no. like, people have been showing up dead yeah. for no reason. We cannot tell, like, no, there's nothing about it that looks like it was, you know, foul play. Oh, <laughs> oh wink. That's the title of the story. <laughs> foul, foul play. play. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's like, like somebody sees the death machine, but it's actually only like four feet tall. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. I think people like are just like bodies are dead. Yeah, but we don't know why, mm-hmm. and so Holmes is brought in to figure out like who who is killing these people and how. Yeah, and he comes to realize that it's owls. Oh, obviously, this feathering on this arrow is very. Uh, I don't know why he's Cockney. He's not yeah. Cockney. But... <laughs> well, <laughs> well, 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 I'm well. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Snurlock Holmes. Snack Cider. Oh, Snack Cider. And Snurlock Holmes. <laughs> Snurlock Holmes on the case. Um, but yeah, like he maybe like notices like, so this couldn't have been made by a hand with five fingers. This was made with talent. Yeah, like it has like, to. It, like you observe know. these these hash marks on this, uh, or the, yeah, the, the exactly. markings on this projectile. Um, and maybe at first he's like, okay, well, what kind of tool would someone have used? Would mm-hmm. they have built a thing out of a bird's claw? Yeah. Like I think at first he would not believe that it was owls. No, not absolutely not. Um. So he would be trying to think like, okay, what kind of person would have done this? Maybe mm-hmm. is someone killing owls? Yeah. Um. And maybe he sees that, like, there are all these owl nests that look like they've been disturbed. So all these little owls have been taken. Finds a little owl battle helmet. Yeah. Which is curious. He's like, wow, (laughs) it's it's some kind of serial killer material we've got here. Yeah, and I think, like, maybe he he runs into, like, 
a taxidermist or something uh-huh. like to or they're, they're consulting with a taxidermist. Yeah. Or maybe the taxidermist calls them down. I uh-huh. want there to be a taxidermist in this. I think, well, no, I mean, I think maybe he goes to see the taxidermist. Yeah, maybe he goes to see. And like, yeah, maybe he's just, pointing Oh, out. maybe because he's thinking like if someone is using owl claws to make their weapon. Oh, yeah. Then they're, they got to get them from somewhere. Maybe like has the taxidermist noticed anything missing? Right. And so then he's like, oh, maybe um, maybe they're, they're using owls to do the killing. Like that's the yeah. next step. And then I think maybe the taxidermist is like, you know, colorful local character. Yeah. Uh, tells him of a of a people legend about owls in this area. Yeah. This is your little hound of the Baskervillesy. Like there's like, oh well there's this this outback's been home to the owls for millennia and we've always said that one day they would come out to take what's rightfully theirs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that got a little groucho marks. <laughs> hey hey look, we're in Australia. Any accent Yeah, works. right. <laughs> um but yeah, I could see it as being like, oh, we've you know heard tales of like the 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 murder owls, <laughs> the murder owls, yeah, the but, tale of the murder owl, but, you know, a snack cider production. <laughs> but you know what? In Australia, everything's out to murder you. Yeah, it's true. Literally, all the all the. <laughs> The tale of the murder owls insects, is like Tuesday. Whatever. Yeah, it's like, right? oh, another one? Okay, yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm surprised the owls haven't tried to kill us yet. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so Holmes starts investigating. Yep. Uh, how do they get become enmeshed in the owl war? Um, I mean, I think Moriarty is definitely pulling some Nazi strings, some some Nazi owl strings. Okay, yeah. I think like like Moriarty's already working with the evil owls. Yeah. So maybe um, the the Nazi owls, the pure ones, um, decide they need human contact. Mm-hmm. Maybe especially because like if they're in Australia. And they think we want to take over the world. Birds can't fly that far. It's true. So they need a human yeah. on the inside. And Moriarty's feeling is, okay, if I get all these owls to start killing people, you know what drops? Real estate prices. You know what I do then? Speculate. Make that money. Yeah. Buy up Australia. The entire country. It's mine. <laughs> Moriarty. Me. Landlord. Everybody get out. <laughs> I'm going to be on this murder island alone. All by myself. It's a great idea. Annie. Can we please have a scene where Sherlock and Watson meet their client and it's just a bunch of owls in a trench coat? Yes. <laughs> that is exactly it. Yep. Hello. Hello, Sherlock Holmes. What if there was they had a bunch of owls in a in a suit, but then like the snake was the hand or something? <laughs> and the snake is like, I don't know why I'm here. I just yeah, the echidna well, is Well they the... need the snake to help like sign documents because oh, it's, it's hard to hold things with a fe- with a, a wing. Oh yeah, that's true. It's much easier with a mouth. <laughs> no, but like you the snake wraps around it. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I think Sherlock starts to I think at this point even Watson <laughs> like something. Something's suspicious wa- I think even Watson's starting to catch on at this point yeah. that something's a little bit off. Um, so yeah, so what do the good owls want Sherlock and Watson to do? Um, so maybe the like Moriarty again is going to help the pure ones take their their weapon overseas. Oh, okay. So they need to stop the like delivery of it mm-hmm. to this boat so it won't. Yeah. Go to the, the Eurasian continent yeah, and, and like get, kill all the owls there. Right. Then you get to go down to the docks. Yeah. Get, like, and there's all sorts of areas for owls to nest and, yeah. and hang around and there. And there, you know what? We bet get some real good interactions with some seagulls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring in some other birds in there. Absolutely. And you know what would look great is a slow motion shot of an owl flying through like a, a loading crane. Oh, or something. of course. Yeah. That's Fighting what you over want. Water. Yeah. yeah. On a boat. 
And then I think, of course, they get on the boat because, yep. you know, you need that third act. Every All is lost. Oh, yeah. Um, so they're on the boat heading to England. Yep. Um, and I think that, like, Holmes has to fight on the boat or maybe needs to chase the boat or meet the boat at Lo- in London somehow. Because yeah. so, I feel like this fight moves into London. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because that's Holmes's home turf. Yeah. So we got to wind up there. Basically, I want 221B Baker Street just chock full of owls. Oh, yeah. Just, just owls out the wazoo. It's so gross. They're pooping everywhere. Of course, they don't know. No. Um, oh, God. I totally forgot um, the the landlady, Mrs. Um, Mrs. Oh, Hughes. You, yes. Uh, yes. I, I was going to say In my Hewitt, list of so. characters, uh, the the Sherlock Holmes's landlady who yeah. puts up with, with, oh, just so much. Um, I know, right? Yeah. Would you mind looking that up just to make sure that I got the name right? I don't, um, want, I don't want Tumblr yelling at me. Um, I'm almost positive. Yeah. It's, uh, no, Mrs. Hudson. Mrs. Hudson. Oh, thank God. Okay. Whew. It's all right, everybody. It's all right. We talked about Mrs. Hudson. She's great. Um, so, yes, yeah. And she would be the one dealing with all the owls. Yeah. She hits, I think she hits Claude with a broom. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love it. And she actually takes him out forever. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, she's, he's dead now. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's fragile and he's dead. Oh, yes. <laughs> I like that maybe it's like he... He Claude thinks, oh, I'm gonna swoop in on Holmes. Like he's hiding in uh-huh. um in Baker Street, mm-hmm. and like yeah, when when they think everything's solved, yeah, and but like Claude is hiding in the shadows, mm-hmm. and he's gonna swoop in and like tear off Holmes's face with his claws. Yeah, but he, he instead of Holmes opening the door, it's Mrs. Hudson. And Clud starts to swoop on her, but she just takes the broom and whacks him. Nail right down the and steps. And she's like, out, 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 oh God, how did you get in here? Exactly. Um, and he, and she like beats that owl to yeah. death. Oh yeah, no, it is. And it's a very long, and I would, it's a single shot, five minutes yes. long, no cuts. It's very aggressive. Yeah, it's that's, just. That's some real Zack Snyder right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it's, just yeah, it slows, it's speed, it speed ramps at least four times yeah. where it slows down and then speeds up. And I would feel bad about like portraying animal cruelty, but this owl's a Nazi. It's a Nazi so, owl. Yeah, like, yeah. come on. That's okay. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think we solved it. We solved <laughs> that crime. Yeah, we've, we thwarted Moriarty's Owl domination, Australian real estate scam. Yeah, <laughs> and the seek the murders of humans going undetected because they were done by owls. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. all those owls just murdering people. Yeah, yeah, and then real estate in Australia is saved. Yeah, everybody, so other things can murder you. Exactly. Everybody moves there, and then they realize that no, all the animals want to kill yeah. you. And you know, maybe Moriarty's playing all along. Yeah, right. Moriarty <laughs> was just like, just let me live on my murder island. Just please leave me alone. I want to be seriously. Nobody else wants to be here. You're not yeah, gonna right? like it here. No, I love murdering. They love murdering. Yeah, we're all just best let us friends. be buddies. <laughs> oh, a snack cider joint. Um, I feel good about this. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, I are, love... are there any games? I mean, kiss your faces. Oh, yeah. Obviously, just everybody's making out with everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. Owls, people. Ow. What do you got? Oh God! <laughs> I thought we were a family-friendly podcast. Well, I mean, look, every, every family can appreciate the idea of Sherlock Holmes making out with an owl. I, uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> I bet it's on the internet. Oh no! <laughs> now it is. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um. So maybe let some let's do some best buddying. Mm-hmm, um. Mm-hmm. I am going to say, um, obviously, Mrs. Hudson and Mrs. P, the snake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They um, learn to coexist. Yeah. Mrs. Um, P moves in. Oh, yeah. And I like to think Mrs. Hudson just, like, wears her around her neck. Oh, yeah. And they're just buddies. She's the snake lady of Baker Street. Exactly. I feel like Watson and Soren hang out and bond a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe get some confidence. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
like um well because i was thinking like maybe like a digger or something could also be a, a buddy for a watson oh yeah a digger would be fine digger's a little silly yeah i think gilfy uh gets uh hired by irene adler to go on tour with her yeah good job girls yeah, she's like i need an owl for my act don't yeah, ask questions mm-hmm. and gilfy's like hey man ladies i'm in for it absolutely um, I think like I feel like Mycroft. Uh, Moriarty hates Clud. Yes. But puts up with him. Yes. I'm gonna say um maybe Mycroft and um So many owls. I know, right? And then I was like, well, maybe Alamir. Well the echidna. Well the echidna's a weird owl. I don't think Moriarty or um Mycroft would put up with that. That's true. Um, I think Holmes would love the echidna. Yes. Holmes would just get way high He'd be and talk delight- to the and they'd be for like, like wow, hours. your spines are telling me so much. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I, and yeah. I think all the good owls basically like everybody. Yeah. I think maybe Lestrade and uh, and the Sam Neill owl um, are friends. And then Lestrade is, it's a very cursory oh, yeah. inevitable betrayal kind of yeah. thing. Lestrade oh, is hurt. Bad. Yeah. He thought he was buddies with this owl. Oh, no. I know. Oh, that's too bad, guys. Yeah. Sorry. Uh-huh. Alamir. Yeah. But Lestrade's just kind of dumb. I know, right? Oh, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. But maybe um, Lestrade and Grimble, who's the one who helps Soren and Gilfie learn to fly and escape, like, they could, because, like, you know, Grimble is obviously working with the, the pure ones, but he doesn't like them, and he's trying to, like, subvert them from the inside. Yeah. So maybe he he's, like, someone who'd be, you know, on the um, going going real deep undercover oh yeah so Lestrade can sympathize yeah. with that yeah absolutely yeah and I mean that's basically it yeah. the Baker Street are regulars everybody gets an owl well um, and they all eat out eat the bad owls wow well they're urchins they need some food okay yeah I guess so I do something you got look they're Annie, delicious Annie when this movie's over London is just held a breakfast full of, that, of owl corpses <laughs> yes and I mean breakfast literally because mm. you got to do something with and those I mean, owls I guess if people are eating pigeon yeah you can eat owl. They obviously love owls. Tolo. Oh, no. But only bad owls. That's true. Evil. Nazi owls, right? Yeah. Nazi owls taste better. Yeah. Well, because of justice. Yeah, exactly. That's the seasoning that exactly. goes on them. Boy, this got dark. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I feel good. I yeah, feel good. I, I like this. I think so, too. We got yeah. a real solid plot there. Yeah, what if people want some more owl stuff? Um. So for other animal adventure stories... um. Yeah, I was trying to look for things that had that kind of a world apart from humans mm-hmm. sense. Right, um, not the like secret life of. Yeah, or like, I, you know, first I was like, what about like 101 Domnations or mm-hmm. something like that? But it's like, well, those are living real close to humans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then I wanted something that very much focused on animals and their like fantasy animal culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so Watership Down, obviously, about a warren of rabbits looking for a home. We've done an episode about that. Yeah. So go find that. Uh, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim slash The Secret of Nim about scientifically enhanced brilliant rats. I feel like we talk about that one a lot. Because it's so good. Mm-hmm. It um, touches on so many things. Yeah. I looked up some clips of that before we were filming the episode today. And like, it's a weird movie. Yeah. And I like, I used to watch it when I was like three and nothing bothered me. Weird and deeply upsetting. I love it. Um, the Great Mouse Detective, which is basically this crossover. Right. If we were, yeah, if, if, if instead of owls, it was mice. Exactly. But yes. It's, yeah. But, but it, I think we found a, we found a more 
natural way into oh, this crossover. Oh, of course, one hundred percent. Than a talking mouse. What I is mean, that? Obviously, nonsense. Um, and apparently, there was a book series too, which mm. I did not realize. Nor did I. Um, the Tale of Despero about a mouse who wants to be a hero. He's got and big a old knight. ears. Yeah, he's got real big ears. He's mm-hmm. cute. Um, Ratatouille about a rat who wants to be a chef. That is a little more. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm getting more into some of the you mm-hmm. know a couple of these here are, are in the human world, but I guess I figured like there's the rat colony. Yeah, it's very much like oh this he's entering the human world by choice. That's true. Um, the Redwall books, mm-hmm. which I did actually not read They're when great. I was younger, but yeah, I've heard. Man, lots if you're a middle school boy them. or uh, middle school yeah. anybody, yeah, I great. think a lot of middle schoolers and middle grade readers enjoy them. I don't think I read them because there were a lot of dudes. So yeah, they're very like they're very dude branded. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I was like, where are your lady characters? Yeah, come I on. want a female squirrel book. <laughs> um, his dark materials, in particular, the golden compass and the polar bear plot line, because oh, I yes. just love the whole polar bear court thing. Yorick Bjornesson, son of bear. Yeah, and then you have all the um, the um, not Patronuses, um, Damons. Damons, thank yeah. you. Just aminals everywhere. Um, and again, this is more in the line of the humans, but Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, because you like crying. Mm, yeah. Um, so those are real good animal stories. Other middle grade friendly fantasy adventures. Um, How to Train Your Dragon, which features a magical adventures and dragons are basically the owls of the fantasy world. Oh, yeah. Because they're smart and they have wings. That's true. Such dragons. Uh, Harry Potter, obviously, which features a lot of great owls. We're really, we're getting a little far afield here. Why? Of the secret, secret animals in secret. Oh, no, we're in no, the middle grade fantasy. No, this is, you just like yeah. have fun in a yeah. middle hey, grade Hey, see some owls. Yeah. See some owls. Well, I mean, see some owls, but also fantasy adventure. That is true. Yeah, that's true. Chosen one narratives and all that. And um, Song of the Sea about oh, a young yeah. girl who's a selkie and her brother who's trying to get them both home. Oh, Song of the and Sea. And there's an owl character in that, too. There is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just everybody go watch Song of the Sea it's right now. So oh, it's so sweet. And just lovely. And yeah. It's so Irish. It is. Oh, it's so good. I go love watch it. it. Secret uh, of Kells, too. They're all great. Uh, and I think The Breadwinner is on Netflix now, and ooh. we have not watched that one yet. <gasps> yeah. So. I have to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, tell us about some Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's yeah. no... There's no shortage of it, for sure. Um, I will say some of my favorite Sherlock Holmeses, because there are so many of them, uh, if you're looking for the original Doyles. I mean, I like a lot of the really obvious ones, but uh, uh, the Redheaded League is, I think, one of the like goofiest and dumbest, but most delightful Sherlock Holmes stories. And best named. Uh, And best named. It was the first one I ever read, which I'm sure had something to do with it. Um, But yeah, it's just like, it's a perfect example of like, the sort of dumb fun you can have with Sherlock Holmes because the criminal plot in it is so far-fetched but and the whole setup is so crazy, but it's just delightful. Um, A Scandal in Bohemia is uh, the first appearance of Irene Adler. Um, and then I think the if you want a novel-length one, my favorite overall Sherlock is The Hound of the Baskervilles. Um, it's both fun and creepy and like has yeah it's just really atmospheric i think it's what a lot of people glom onto and think about when they think of sherlock holmes if you don't think of london you think of him out on like a foggy moor somewhere and uh it's just really really fun um there is an audiobook version of the complete works uh, of Sherlock Holmes um, narrated by Stephen Fry. Um, I listened to it while we were in Iceland, and it's just great. Fry is delightful and perfect, does all the voices, and is really good at all of them. Um, some recent Sherlock adaptations that are fun. Uh, the BBC's Sherlock, I think, goes a little too Stephen Moffat-y. 
in the last season. Um, and, but the oh, first, yeah. but the first two seasons especially are just like really fun, compellingly like smart, stupid TV. Like, yeah, it's just like let's have some fun again with Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, and and they riff on a lot of the original stories yeah. in very fun ways. Um, Irene Adler pops up, Moriarty pops up, like, and actually, I love. Um, I can't remember the guy who plays Moriarty. Oh yeah, name, but he's fantastic. Yeah, they find a really great, unique take on Moriarty that is um, unlike anything that that anybody else and has just, done. Yeah, I think it's, that character, like or that actor, just pulls it off yeah, perfectly. Absolutely, he makes him really creepy and entertaining. Yeah. Um, there's Sherlock, the TV series, um, featuring Johnny Lee Miller and Lucy Liu, um, and is it Johnny Lee Miller? Yes. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've I have not actually watched it, but I've heard really fun things about it. I think I watched the first couple episodes and haven't caught up. Yeah, because there's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's gone for seasons and seasons. Yeah, and seasons but I've heard now. super good things, and I enjoyed the episodes I saw. Yeah, and it, I will watch anything that Lucy Liu does absolutely. because I just enjoy her without a doubt. And I think especially if you're looking for like the real procedural side of right. Sherlock Holmes, watch Sherlock. Uh, God, they're all they're all called Sherlock or Sherlock Holmes or whatever. Um, although no, what's uh what is the Lucy Liu one called? Elementary. Elementary. There we go. All right. So they're not all called Sherlock. There is one called Elementary, and you should watch it. Um, they're the 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 Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies with oh, Ron, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. The first one I think is super fun. It's just real fun. Yeah. The second one is way way dumber, but still entertaining. Um, but yeah, I think it, they steer into a very different side of Sherlock. It's the much more like. Bra- like street brawly like they actually do some I mean fighting. It, it really is Iron Man in a costume yeah it's like, a it's the high adventure side of yeah. Sherlock um, so it, it all depends on what kind of tone any tone you want to take for Sherlock uh, you can find a Sherlock out there um, that's why it's actually hard to make recommendations because everybody has their favorite Sherlock um, I like the Basil Rathbone version from the 1940s. Oh, yeah. I think he's my personal favorite, uh, partly because he did Hound of the Baskervilles, and it's great. But it's kind of in Doctor Who territory, where like everybody has their favorite, and that's just the one you like. So go out there and find the Sherlock you like. However, for essential listening, you do need to find uh, the Adventure Zones uh, one-shot episode for for Sherlock Holmes is in a vampire. Um, it is a custom role-playing game that uh, the McElroy brothers and their dad, Clint, play, where all of them play a Sherlock Holmes and one of them is a vampire. Yay! It's delightful. Um, so go check it out. Um, other fun detective stories that I've talked about before, so I won't regale you with them, but uh, The Maltese Falcon, The Big Sleep um, are both just classic uh, sort of hard-boiled detective lit, which is a different genre than the great detective style of Sherlock, but still very fun. And then um, I don't know that I've recommended uh, Lindsay Davis's Falco series, which is a hard-boiled detective series set in ancient Rome. Uh, And it's this guy who's like an informer for the Roman government, but he basically does detective things Mm. and he has a uh, an assistant named Echo who's a mute. And it's just really they're they're very fun books. I really enjoyed reading them uh, back when I read them in late high school, high school. Um, And then if you want other writers who construct mythos. Uh, in the way that Doyle does with Sherlock. Um, There's H.P. Lovecraft, who we've talked about uh, on the podcast before. There's Doctor Who, which is very, very British, and like this idea that like there's a sprawling Mm -hmm. mythology that you can get into. Oh, yeah, and a character who knows a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Another take on sort of British Victorian Detectivalia uh, is Alan Moore's comic From Hell. Uh, It is very grisly, definitely not family-friendly, 
but uh, incredibly good. It's focused on the Jack the Ripper story. It pulls in some occult stuff, but it's also, I think, a very just well-structured look at like why these stories are so compelling. Um, and I think given the amount of times that Sherlock Holmes has crossed over with Jack the Ripper in like terrible spinoff stuff, like there's that's, a lot that's to talk some about fanfic there. right there. Yeah. And apparently Alan Moore's daughter has written a comic book called Sherlock Holmes is the Vanishing Man, which came out in March that I have not read yet. But um, cool. maybe go check that out, too, because she Does comes, she have a name? Uh, oh, she I literally saw the headline and I should have looked it up, um, but I didn't. Would you mind looking it up for Let's me? Let's see. Um, Lee Moore. Lee Moore. There it is. Thank you. Because, like, you know, we can yeah. give ladies names on the podcast. It's, it's true. It's good to name ladies. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, lastly, if you want to listen to a Sherlock Holmes story that I wrote, um, I'm just uh, finished recording a um, commission with the Huntington Theater Company, partnered with the Emerald Necklace Conservancy here in Boston. Um, they have a really cool anniversary project called Fog Times Flow, where uh, they have all these amazing fog sculptures all around the Emerald Necklace Park system and I wrote a quick five-part Sherlock Holmes story called The Case of the Emerald Necklace that is meant to be listened to while you walk through the fog. Yay! Um, so you can also listen to it if you're not walking through the fog, um, which but is But if you're, fine. oh yeah, or but just, you know, you can um, put on your humidifier and yeah, it's pretend. true. Just fog up the windows. Yeah. Um, do what you need to do. But yeah, it's very, very fun. Um, it's uh, It was really cool to record it and to write it. I think it was fun trying to find a little bit of a twist to put on Sherlock Holmes, but we figured we would cross over to the crossover. Yeah. Um, so you can go check that out. Uh, it is not actually published yet, but I will uh, we'll tweet out the link as soon as it is and put yeah. it up on Facebook. Um, but uh, yeah, and anywhere can people find information like that when uh-huh. they happen? So when you want to find the Case of the Emerald Necklace, check us out on Crossover repealpodcast.tumblr.com for mm-hmm. that and all of our content. Yeah, and when you've listened to it, you can email us your thoughts or just your favorite owl stories to crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can post all sorts of adorable owl pictures and gifts at our Facebook group, which is Crossover Appeal Podcast mm-hmm. or page. I can't know. It's probably, I think it's a page. It's probably a page. Yeah, which yeah. does not work as well, but whatever. Yeah. Um, you can tweet us your favorite snack cider uh, snack Snyder, Snack Zider. There we go. <laughs> yep. Snack Zider uh, projects in the yes. making um, at Crossover Appeal. And what snack foods do you think all these characters would eat? Absolutely. Um, and most importantly, you can subscribe on iTunes and like leave a rating and review because that helps. Yeah, we like Maybe. it a lot. Yeah, like every time we get a rating or a review, it's an owl really gets exciting. its wings. Wow. Yeah. Guys, the pressure's on. Seriously, you got to help these owls fly. They're born in trees, everybody. They need options. I know, right? Oh, <laughs> Leglantine. She needs she needs help, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that'll about wrap us up for this yeah. edition of Crossover Appeal. So thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be back in two weeks with another crossover. But in the meantime, this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Cardi. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. Please ship responsibly.